You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. This morning, Thanksgiving Sunday, we're going to be talking about was that really God? Thanksgiving, as you know, has been around for a while. They tell us that the first Thanksgiving in North America, and so if you're from the United States this morning, just bear with us Canadians as we kind of enjoy this little moment, but uh, we know you guys celebrate on a different day, but Thanksgiving, they tell us the first one in North America happened in Newfoundland, and it was by a fellow by the name of Martin Frobisher. He was an Englishman trying to find a northern route to the Orient. He didn't make it. He came back, landed in Newfoundland established a settlement there, and he had a Thanksgiving celebration for God's protection on his journey. That was in 1578 or something back then. And uh, over the Canadian history, our Thanksgiving Day was moved around to different dates. And finally, in 1957, the Parliament came along and said, let's establish a date and let's really establish the purpose of Thanksgiving for Canada. So this is part of Uh, our history, but this is what we said from the Canadian Parliament back in 1957. A day of general thanksgiving, now catch this, to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed to be observed on the second Monday in October. That's Canadian history. That's what we're here today. We're going to thank God for the bountiful harvest that we have here in our country. So we're celebrating Thanksgiving Day. A lot to be thankful for. A lot to be thankful for. One of the things that we could do to express our thanksgiving to God, I suppose, would be to just be with him. That's what you're doing. Obviously, you're here on a Thanksgiving Sunday, and I think God likes that. I think he's thrilled that you're here on a Thanksgiving Sunday with everybody else. This past week, my mom called, and she said, are you guys going to come over for Thanksgiving on Monday? And we said, yeah, we'll be there. And uh, you know what really pleased her is that we'd come there for Thanksgiving. And uh, our parents love it. Or if you're a parent, you love it when your kids are home for Thanksgiving. You, when they draw near to you, your heart is warmed by that. God's no different. He's a father. And when we draw near to him, one of the greatest things we could do for, is it's a, an expression of thanksgiving, that we're grateful for what he's done. So this is about drawing near to God, about being close to him, and about hearing him. Psalm 91.5, or 91.15, says, When you call to me, I will answer you. That's a great verse. Oh, that's Psalm 91 chapter. When you call to me, I will answer you. God wants to speak to you. Look at your neighbor and just encourage him this morning. Say, God wants to speak to you. <laughs> Maybe we should tell our neighbors what we did last week and just say, and you have Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> I, I didn't mean your outside ears, of course. This is your spiritual ears. Everybody has a set of spiritual ears, and they can hear God. You were designed to hear God. Satan tries to come in and mess it all up, but we were designed to commune with God from day one. Christianity is all about God speaking to people. Not every religion is like that. Christianity is different. It's all about God revealing himself to people, wanting to commune with people, wanting to have an intimate relationship with people. Call upon me. I'll answer you. I'll be with you in trouble. That's our God. He wants to commune with us. It's great. I love the fact that God wants to speak to me. He doesn't always speak to me when I want him to, but God speaks to us. He communes with us. There's a little boy, and he's saying his prayers before he goes to sleep, and his mom's there. They're kneeling by the bed, and so he's praying. He says, God bless mommy. God bless daddy. God bless my little sister. And then with a really loud voice, he says, and God, I need a new bicycle. Amen. 
His mom looks at him and says, Johnny, God's not deaf. You don't have to yell. He can hear you. He says, I know, Mom, but Grandma's next door, and she's hard of hearing. <laughs> now, I'm sure you've never done that. You've never tried to manipulate God and try to answer his prayers for him, but uh, this little boy had did that. God speaks to us. You speak to us today. I'm going to go through a few things, a few ways God speaks to us. And for some, it's going to be review. For some of us, it may be new. And hopefully, at some point, the Holy Spirit will speak to you this morning and just kind of remind you, share something new, speak something into your heart. And uh, so we're going to start. Number one, how does God speak to us today? Well, He speaks to us through nature. First of all, today it's hard to miss. If you got up this morning and looked at the North Shore Mountains or looked out at all, you thought, man, God definitely is speaking. This is a picture of the Milky Way. And uh, you can see there... It's got a little arrow where it points to the sun. Can you see that? You, uh, you can't even put the sun on there because we, we'd have to blow that picture up a lot bigger just to see our sun, not the earth, our sun in the Milky Way. You say, where's Vancouver in that picture? <laughs> you, you can't see Vancouver. You can't see yourself uh, in that. Uh, so this is our subdivision. It's a pretty big subdivision. If you were to travel from one end of our Milky Way to the other end of the Milky Way. By the way, they make this picture by thousands of other pictures all brought together. But if you were to travel from one end to the other, and you traveled at the speed of light, 186,000 miles per second, if you did that, it would take you 100,000 years to travel from one end of our subdivision to the other end of the subdivision. That's just our little Milky Way. There's a lot of other systems out there, but this is just one of many and there we are, little planet Earth, and uh, oh, we're not even in the middle. Have you noticed that? We're just kind of off to the side. It's not really about us. And somewhere are orbiting around that sun in that huge, big Milky Way is planet Earth. And somewhere on planet Earth is you, this minute little speck. And this is why David said, God, when I look at the heavens, what is man that you're mindful of us? What are you that you're thinking of us? Another proverb or another psalm says, when I look at the heavens, they declare the glory of God. Romans tells us in chapter 1, verse 20, from the time the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky and all that God made. They can clearly see the invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse whatsoever for not knowing God. James Kennedy, in his book, Why I Believe, said 90% of all astronomers today, not 100 years ago, 90% of astronomers today absolutely believe that there's a God. Why? Because they're studying that creation. They're looking out there, and they just come to this conclusion, there is a God. He's just an amazing mathematician. He's an amazing artist. Sometimes I get up in the morning, I'll look out and I'll see what God's done. Or you see a sunset and you'll go, God, you are an amazing artist. This is incredible. Does God ever wow you with his creation? You just go, wow, it's incredible. Or you'll look at something so small like a flower. Or you'll look at ants and so organized and what they're doing. You say, God, you're amazing. 
we can see God, hear God in creation. We can see him in creation. We sang that song earlier, How Great Thou Art. We sang the chorus to it. One of the different lines to How Great Thou Art is, When through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. And when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and see the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. We should, as we look at nature, just say, wow, God, you are speaking to me. How great you really are. So one way we can hear God speak is through nature. It's a great way. And the Bible makes it clear from day one, God has been speaking to people that he is there. Uh, Another way that God speaks to us is through dreams and visions. I'm going to go through just a few ways. This is not a comprehensive list. We could add more to this list, but these are some primary ways that God speaks to us. Again, I want to reiterate, God wants to speak to you. He, we get distracted with a lot of stuff in our life. There's a lot of other voices out there. Advertisers are competing for you to listen to them. Sports are competing for you to listen to them. The business world wants you to listen to them. you got a lot of voices. Through all of that, God is gently speaking to us on a regular basis. One of the ways he does it is through dreams and visions. Job 33, it's there in your notes, verses 14 and 15 says... God always answers one way or another, even when people don't recognize his presence. In a dream, for instance, a vision at night, when men and women are deep in sleep, fast asleep in their beds. God sometimes speaks to us in dreams and visions. I I wish I had more dreams and visions. I have only had a few in my life. Now, I've had a lot of other dreams, but they're what I call pizza dreams. You just had them because you went to bed too late, you slept too long, or you ate something, and, you, and uh, those dreams have no spiritual worth at all. Trust me. Sometimes we have people come up and say, oh, I had a dream, and this is my dream. I go, you know what? There's nothing spiritual about your dream. I hate to disappoint you. It's just you, you had too much pizza last night or something, but it's got nothing to do with God. But other times... God will speak through dreams. My wife has it happen more to her than it does to me. God will speak to her in a dream, and she'll wake up and say, you know what, God spoke to me in a dream last night. And when she says it, I'm, I'm listening. She'll always bounce it off me or somebody else. You need to do that, especially with dreams. Bounce it off somebody else, get another opinion on it. Because you know what a dream's like? You're just kind of, you're, you're drawn right into it, and all day long, you, kinda, you just feel like you're still in that dream. So it's good to bounce it off somebody else and just get their interpretation of it. Daniel had the gift of interpreting dreams. It's good to bounce it off somebody. Uh, we've seen people get sidetracked because they read more into the dream than was there. But it's good to just understand that God does speak through dreams today and through visions. And Acts chapter 9, verse 10 There was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. God clearly still speaks in visions and dreams. Uh, For my studies, one of the books I had to read was called The Daughters of Islam. Very interesting book. I was surprised to learn that 10% of the world's population are Islamic women. I was just, I don't know why, it took me by surprise. And, but then the book goes on to describe how God is speaking to these women, and he loves them. He, he's revealing himself to them, and a lot of them don't have the privilege of, of the freedom that we would have to explore and study God, but God 
is not bound by that. The creator of the Milky Way knows how to reach people. Can you appreciate that? He, if he can do that, he knows how to reach people. And he'll do it through dreams and visions often. And we've had people uh, from that background come and they'll share their story with us. Uh, 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 Fakhri shared some of her stories. And Ashley shared some of her dreams with me. And others have shared their stories. I go, wow, it's so amazing how God speaks to you. In the book, it talks about some people who had Christ appear to them. And I thought, wow, that could happen even once in my lifetime. I'd be so amazed by it. But they don't have what I have. They don't have a written Bible in front of them, but God's speaking to them. One of the stories in there is about a woman. She ended up coming to the United States, and she was a single parent. And she's in a park playing there with her son. A man comes up. He's an older man, and he just befriends him. Hey, what's your son's name? And they just end up chatting, and he asks what her name is and so forth. They, They go their separate ways. Ten days later, she's walking down the street. She comes up to a church. This same man who met her at the park walks out of the church at the precise moment to see her walking down the street. And he calls her by her first name. She goes, she's shocked. Who's this guy who remembers my name? See what happened? He was in a church service like you are, and he just felt impressed. We'll talk about that a little later. He felt this impression of the Holy Spirit to walk out of the building. Didn't know why. He just got up, walked out of the building. This, it was a Presbyterian church, and God just said, you need to impress on his heart to leave. So he walked out. Here comes this lady. He says, hi, I met you at the park the other day. She goes, you're right. And so there's a little awkward moment. He says, would you like to come into the sanctuary? Would you like to come into the service? So she says, well, you know, he's been so nice. I'll give him 10 minutes of my time. I'll go into the service. So she goes to the service, 10 minutes, and leaves. But she saw something different. She said, man, there's something about these people. There's, there's life here. So she came back, curious, next Sunday, and was amazed at just how people loved and accepted her. She got into what we would call a life group. She ended up going to a life group, and they were sharing their thoughts, and she was sharing her thoughts of the Quran. And, oh, that's interesting, great thoughts. And they had this great chat. People started caring for her. At that group, one of the guys said, well, can I pray for you? She said, yeah, of course, you can pray for me. He prayed for her, shared a scripture with her. She goes home that night, and she has this vivid dream. Because she's wondering, what, what is it? God, where are you? The whole time, she just wants to know God. She doesn't want a religion. She doesn't want a bunch of rules like all of us. She just wants to experience God. And she's back in Iran in her dream, and she's walking down this uh, uh, little street, and there's soldiers on either side, and feeling so boxed in, she just wants freedom. And then she looks up, and she sees the face of the man who'd prayed for her. And the soldiers on either side part ways, and the verse comes again about, he the sun sets free is free indeed. It was a very simple dream, but it gave her confidence to go back again. And she encountered Christ, and her life was changed, and she found the joy that she saw and other people's lives. So God used his written word. God used an impression by the Holy Spirit. God used a dream. He used a number of different ways to speak to one woman. God's doing that all the time. He's doing that in your life, in my life. This creator of the universe, the one who designed right down to the atom and the molecules and the finiteness of all that to the expanse of the universe, he's so infinite. And we are so finite, a little speck in the Milky Way, in a little moment of time, 
But God has an infinite love for you. And he's designing ways to speak to us. Oh, that we would just learn to hear his voice. So he does it through dreams and visions. He does it through his messengers. One of the ways that God still speaks today is through people he's asked to share, to speak his word. We think of people like Billy Graham. We think of others that share his word, messengers. And uh, we read in 1 Timothy 2.13, And we will never stop thanking God that when we preached his message to you, you didn't think of the words we spoke as just being our own. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which, of course, it was. And this word continues to work in you who believe. So he speaks through his messengers. Now, uh, whether it be a dream, whether it be a vision, whether it be his messenger, whether whatever it is, you always need to go back and you need to just check it with God's word. This is kind of like the plumb line, the tuning fork. This is the instrument that we measure it against. And so if a messenger speaks it, whether it be myself or somebody else, you, you, one of the greatest gifts you have, you know, one of the biggest gifts you have, you can read. I don't think there's probably anybody here this afternoon or this morning, whatever it is. It's almost afternoon. I don't think there's anybody here today that can't read. That's one of the greatest gifts you have. You can read. When I, when I give you the notes, when I give you the scriptures, the thoughts, you can go home and read it for yourself and check it. But God speaks through his messengers. I really believe today, as we're going through this series in October on how to hear God, how to listen to God, how to commune with God, I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what's ahead of you or ahead of me. But this much I know, God's saying to us as a church, sharpen your pencil, tune in, be more aware. You will need to hear my voice in the fray of all that goes on around you. You're going to need to hear my voice in the weeks to come. That's what he's saying to us. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's ahead of you or ahead of me, ahead of us as a church. But this much I know, God's saying to us, tune up, tune in, because you're going to need to hear my voice. Hearing his voice can make the difference between marrying the right person and the wrong person. Hearing his voice can make the difference of signing the right deal or signing the wrong deal, hiring the right employer or hiring the right employee or the wrong employee, taking this job or taking that job, buying this house or buying that house. Because if you want to buy a car, you can't say, oh, you know, you know Lord, do I buy the new uh, Chevy or do I buy the used BMW? Lord, what, what should I do? You can't find chapter and verse for it. Thou shalt buy a used BMW. You can't find chapter and verse for it. But the Lord will lead you. He will he'll guide you. He'll, he'll, he's, he's interested in the details of your life. I've had people say to us, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to put that on the response card, that little prayer request, because it's such a small thing. God's really not interested. You pray for the big things. Your little things are big to God. See, did you see that big Milky Way? All the details of it? Trust me, you will not overload God with your little details. He is not going, the system's not going to crash if we all give God our little details. We live in our finite world and sometimes our internet gets overloaded and we don't have enough bandwidth. God has enough bandwidth to handle all your prayers and my prayers, the world's prayers. There's more than enough. He's interested. He cares about it. And so it's really good for us to bring those requests to him. God is interested. He speaks to his messengers today. He's given you the word. You can read it. Remember Luther, who gave the Bible to the people? 
He was convicted to do that because they were being manipulated. They were people had the Bible were the messengers. And so they could, people didn't know the difference. They, they were kept ignorant. That's not good. The best thing to do is to have the information for yourself. So we got the Bible. He went in the year 1534, I believe, and was in the square, the village square. That'd be like going on Robson Street. They'll be sitting at a Starbucks or a Tim Hortons or, or somewhere, and you're just listening to the people. For two weeks, he listened to the way people talked. He, he studied their language and so forth, and then he used that information to bring the Bible to the people so they could understand. He speaks through messengers, our Lord does, and then he also speaks through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God still is using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for that. They're powerful. Acts 21, 10, 11 is an example. During our stay of several days, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. The gift of prophecy is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can find them in Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter, I mean, 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Nine of them. One of them is the gift of prophecy. What is that? Very simply, the gift of prophecy is when God uses a person to give you a message from God that does not come from their head. It comes from their heart. It comes from their spirit. So you kind of get an inside thought from God for your life. It's wonderful. God speaks through that. When we dedicated our children, we prayed, God, may the pastor have a, have a word, have a gift. May the gifts be in operation. And for all four of our children... There was this word of prophecy that was so encouraging, so comforting. It it helped us. It guided our lives. We don't base everything on that, but it's a confirmation for our lives. When we went to buy this building, we were battling and struggling on how we could do it. And it just seemed like we hit a brick wall. We were at a conference. A pastor called Cheryl and I up. And he said, God has something to say to you. He gave us a prophecy. And the prophecy was within 24 hours, you will have a breakthrough for what you've been believing for. I looked at my watch. I'm going to check this out. 24 hours. Let's see if he's right or not. I watched the clock tick by. But guess what? Within 24 hours, this building was listed for sale. That was a miracle because they said it would never be listed for sale. But that word encouraged us. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through us through the gifts. So I've never really seen that before. Then let me invite you to the Alpha Holy Spirit Day coming up in November. I think it's like November 14th or something. Come out and just sit and watch, and you'll see the Holy Spirit in operation. When we pray for people at the altar, hardly a Sunday goes by when the gifts aren't in operation. After the 930 service, standing right over here, I prayed for this lady. She came up to the front. She says, could you pray for me? Here's my need. So I prayed for her. I will share with you the word. It wasn't the gift of prophecy, but it was the gift of the word of knowledge, where I shared something about her life that I would have never known, and I gave her a word about it. Tears came in her eyes, and she looked at me. She says, how did you know? I said, I didn't know, but the Holy Spirit knew. He loves you. He's speaking to you. She was so touched. She went away just... God's thinking about me in this big universe. God's thinking about my life. That's supernatural. He'd give me a word like that. God speaks still today by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's marvelous. It's wonderful. And it happens on a regular basis. He also speaks through his written word. That's one we probably know the most about. And so we won't spend a lot of time on it. You know that one. He speaks through his word. You're reading the Bible. You're doing devotions. And all of a sudden, something just jumps off the page. Has that happened to you? Ever read something and just goes, wow, 
God, you're speaking right at me. This is for me. It just comes alive. We call that the rhema word. It just comes living. It's just like, man, that's written right for me. You read the proverb of the day or you're reading some verse and you go, ooh, this is for me. That's God speaking through his word. The same Holy Spirit that, that inspired it is speaking to you through it. So that's another way God speaks to us, the, one of the primary ways. The other way is through the Holy Spirit. And uh, the more you love God, the more you love the Holy Spirit. Because he said, he's going to teach you truth. He's going to show you things to come. He's going to guide you. He's never going to leave you. You have the Holy Spirit. Mm. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. Sometimes it'll make sense with our head, but in our heart, it doesn't make sense. This is what we call... Point B, the inner witness. Because sometimes you can just say, this makes sense. This deal should work. But in my heart, if I look really in here, it's kind of grinding. You just, ooh, something's not right. And you look at this house, or you look at this house to buy, you look at this employee or that employee, you look at this job or that job, or you'll go to this school or that school, and one just feels really peaceful and good, and then the next one is just like, ugh, something's not right. Now, folks, listen carefully. That is probably the primary way outside of his word that God is going to speak to you. We usually look for a ticker tape, a lightning-type experience. God primarily doesn't speak that way. We'd like it if God would just say, this is the Lord speaking, go this way. That would be really easy. But God's not going to communicate primary to your physical ears. He's going to communicate to your spiritual ears. God is a spirit. Those who worship, worship in spirit and truth. Listening is an act of worship. So when we listen, it's in our spirit. We had this pastor come once and speak to a bunch of us businessmen, and he was sharing on how to hear God's voice. We were there as business guys, and we were taking notes. We were interested because he was sharing how to, how to hear God's voice. And he was telling us, it is the difference in your business succeeding or failing, going the right direction, making the right moves at the right time, buying the land at the right time when it doesn't make sense, getting the right property, investing at the right place when it doesn't make sense. And afterwards, people say, how did you do that? Why did you buy there? It's gone up big time. Or why, how did you know to do that? And he says, because the Holy Spirit will guide you. He'll lead you. I know one businessman, he was driving in Florida. He was driving down the road, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and just said, buy the property beside you. He went in and looked at it. It was garbage property. But he, he bought it for a song, sold it for two years later, made millions of dollars. And people said, how did you know to buy that? How did you know the freeway was going to change there? An intersection, it wasn't even on any city plans. How did you know that? Holy Spirit spoke to him. Pretty nice. But he, he was a steward of it, too. It wasn't for him. He knew what to do with it. This pastor was sharing. He said, the way I learned that voice of the Holy Spirit was every time I thought God spoke to me, I'd die rise. I'd journal it. Then I'd go back and check. Was that God or was that just my imagination? He said, through a process of elimination, I began to really hear when God was speaking to me. And he said, it's been so wonderful. Most exciting life to live 
is to have God lead you and speak to you. Got to turn off the distractions. Got to focus on it. But God wants to commune with you. One of the ways is through the inner witness or unction or leading. Sometimes it's just a yellow light. Be careful. Sometimes it's a red light. Don't go there. And other times it's a green light. Go for it. Might not make sense, but go for it. I'll show you why. Other times it's actually a voice. The Holy Spirit's voice will speak to you. He spoke to Philip. He said, the Holy Spirit says in the book of Acts, this is the Holy Spirit spoke. So he will speak as a spirit to your spirit. See, your body, the voice of your body is the senses. That's what speaks to you. Your sense of feeling, hearing, what you see, that speaks to the body. The reasoning speaks to the mind, but your conscience, your inner witness, inner, that inner thing, that's the voice of the spirit. And we all have that. Even before we became Christians, God was speaking to our spirit. So through the Holy Spirit and also through the inner witness. Let me summarize uh, this morning by giving just a few points on the fact that God will inspire us in different settings. You've got to hang in there for a couple more minutes, all right, because this is really important. Across this room this morning, guess what? Some of us hear God better in different settings. Let me give you an example. Some of us, if we're in nature, if we're outdoors, and we go along and we sit down by a little brook on a rock, and there's a nice babbling brook beside us, We've got some trees here, lights coming through the trees. We hear the birds singing. And as we're sitting here, we just feel like we're one with God. We can hear God's voice in this setting. It is so great to be here. And everybody can appreciate nature and see God in creation. We already covered that. But for some people, if they got up and went to Cyprus or they get out somewhere, they really can commune with God. The next person, they come to the same brook, sit down on the same rock, and they're supposed to hear God. They go, man, there's so many mosquitoes around here. Man, this rock is so uncomfortable. Who hears God out here? Man, it's getting cold. I should have brought my jacket. And where's my iPhone or something? I got to put on some music. I don't. And they, they're not, they just want to go home and sit by the fire with a cup of tea or hot chocolate. And that's where I'll hear God. Thank you very much. So some people are inspired in nature more than others are. Both are good. We just have different spiritual temperaments. We have different love languages. We have different personalities. And guess what? Around the world, people have different spiritual temperaments. It's who we are. We need to appreciate that about one another. Let me give you another example. Saturday mornings, we have prayer here. And what we do in prayer is we'll have some music playing in the background while we pray. And I've had some people say, you know what, turn off the music because I can't hear God, I can't commune with God if you've got music playing in the background. Or the next person comes along and says, can you please turn the music up? I'd like the music louder so I can pray. I'm more inspired if the music was louder, Pastor. So we try to have, have a happy medium. So I had to explain this past Saturday why we have music on while we pray. The reason we have music on while we pray is for new believers primarily. We learned this through Master's Commission that if new believers have some music on in the background when their mind begins to wander, they'll wander to the song. It kind of brings them back to a position of prayer. And they're very conscious of praying with others in a room. And so the music helps them feel like I am, nobody's listening to me. I can actually connect more. So it's primarily for young believers. For older believers, we get it. So that's why we do it. But some like solitude. And some like their senses engaged, and we have those points for you. Some like to pray with no solitude, or they love solitude with no distractions. That's their temperament. 
where others like their senses engaged. Sometimes in our services, we'll say, let's say in a communion service, we'll say, let's really be quiet before the Lord. And sometimes, oh, finally, it's all quiet in church this morning. It's usually so loud in here. And today it's nice and quiet. Now I can really engage. And the next person's like, okay, how long are they going to keep this quiet? Like, when are we going to hear some noise? Please, this quietness is making me nervous. So we have different spiritual temperaments. That's all I'm saying. They're all good. We need to enjoy all of them. But some of us are inspired or connect with God in different settings. When I went to uh, the Middle East and I was in very old, old churches, not just hundreds of years, over thousands of years old, and there's some different traditions and so forth and liturgies. And at first, you know, are they really experiencing God? But I could learn from them the way they're experiencing God. The thing about all these temperaments is they can be a ditch as well. For example, you can be really inspired by nature and people end up worshiping the creation instead of the creator. You can have a great tradition, but it can be a roadblock. You start your whole religion's about your tradition instead of about a relationship. So every one of these temperaments can be a ditch. But yet all these temperaments is the way we find God different as human beings. God's a God of variety. He really is. And he knows we have different spiritual personalities, so to say. So Coastal Church, when we come together, let's just understand that we are Different cultures, different ethnic groups, different love languages, and different spiritual temperaments. And so we do our best to be on one common page and worship God enthusiastically. Amen? Amen. All right. Some people love, are inspired by taking on the challenge of bringing about social change. Think of Martin Luther King. Have you ever heard his message, I have a dream? Was he inspired or was he inspired? I get inspired watching it. Some people are inspired when they have social change, when they can make a difference. Others are really inspired when they can work with the poor or serve others. That's when they're inspired. Think of Mother Teresa. Think of others. For some, when they go down to serve at Union Gospel Mission, they had an encounter with God. The next person's like, when is this going to be over? I'm so uncomfortable here. But we have different temperaments. And then others are closest to God when they're intellectually stimulated when they've got lots of books in front of them and they're studying and they can have two or three hours just with the books and they can really get deep into it, they feel very close to God. So God speaks to us in different settings. They're all good, but we, we sometimes tend to uh, be oriented more towards one than the other. But one thing's certain, God does speak to us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.